I V M. On this episode of Paisa Paisa, I speak with Rishi Anand, Chief Business Officer at Aadhaar Housing Finance. Folks, if you're looking for a home loan, if you're looking for your own dream house, a place for you to stay in, then you should be listening to this episode because we are going to be talking about how a home loan works and covering all aspects: documentation, fixed rate, floating rate, everything, including a discussion on how the current scenario is. So, stay tuned for that. Folks, welcome to Paisa Paisa. I am your host Anupam Gupta, B fifty on Twitter, and this is the home loan special. A lot of us want our dream house. A lot of us want, you know, a place to stay. It's a it's a big thing for a lot of people. Some people believe in renting, which is fine. But for a lot of us, you want to you 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 want to own the place where you stay. We've spoken about property in the past. We've done a couple of episodes uh, on home loan, but today. I've got someone from a housing finance company. Okay, so this is these 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 are the guys who actually give out home loans. They are really the experts in giving you an entire one eighty degree or three sixty degree perspective on home loans. I am really thrilled for this episode to have Mr. Rishi Anand, who is the Chief Business Officer at Aadhaar Housing Finance. Mr. Anand, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for doing this for us, sir. Let's start with an in- introduction. Something about yourself, uh, how long you've been in the industry, and uh, a little bit more about Aadhaar also. First of all, thank you, Anupam, for having me here. Uh, it's a pleasure. As you've already introduced, my name is Rishi Anand. I am currently working as a Chief Business Officer for Aadhaar Housing Finance. Overall, I've spent about close to about twenty-four years in the industry. Wow! So when I say in the industry, means all leading housing finance companies and banks have spent time. As I said, I am working for Aadhaar Housing Finance, which is. Today, the largest housing finance company in the affordable housing segment. Oh, wow! Right. Okay. So that's that's about me. Great. So I want to just get you know into the current scenario. Talking about um, you know things like what are the rates currently? Maybe what is the EMI? I believe the way that you see an EMI is e- EMI per thousand rupees. That's okay. right. So I want to start there, and then if we can just go into this entire process of. How do I become eligible for a home loan, and what is the importance of credit score? So let's 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 just start from there. Okay, as uh, I, I think your first question is, what is the current scenario, and what are the rates prevailing in the market? Uh, I I would I would I would start uh, by by giving you a flavor of what housing loan is all about. As we see today, uh, the market can be broadly, uh, if I were right, classified into three segments. Uh, one is the prime segment, where typically the loan ticket size above thirty lakhs. Then you have something called the LMI segment, which is the lower middle income group segment, where the ticket size ranges from ten lakhs to thirty lakhs. And then you have the affordable housing segment, which is below ten uh, lakhs. Now, if I correlate this to the rate of interest, typically prime segments start from about eight point seven five, and if I bring it southwards, it goes to about thirteen percent. Wow! So typically, an affordable housing finance company would range with which would operate at about thirteen percent rate of interest. So, so typically these three uh, three segments exist in the market. Uh, as far as your uh, uh, EMIs are concerned, they are typically calculated on a per lakh basis. You know, so you had you know, if it's, if if the rate is about eight point seven five, you would operate at about nine hundred rupees per lakh, and so on. So, you know, the, yeah, the yeah. you keep multiplying the lakhs to the EMI. Sure. 
So I just so just a small note for our listeners because the affordable housing thing is actually a government initiative. So it's a little bit different from say you know taking a normal from taking a loan for your house. I believe that the affordable housing segment has some tax incentives. Can you just touch upon that a little bit. Okay. First of all, let me correct you. It is not a government initiative. Ah. So affordable housing finance companies are housing finance companies catering to the lower strata of the society. Okay. So for example, if I were to just give you a flavor, uh, a typically a pan shop guy. Uh, fruit vegetable uh, vendor in the street so these are the uh, segments we cater to uh, what the government has done over a period of last 4 5 years uh, in fact more more importantly in the last 3 years is they've come out with a scheme called pmay which is pradhan mantri awas yojana yes under the cls scheme which is a credit linked subsidy scheme okay now in the affordable housing segment what the government does is if the customer is a first time end user buyer of the property they extend a subsidy of about two, close to about 2 and 1/2 uh, lakh rupees per applicant obviously there are conditions uh, to it you know there, there should be the property should be in name of the female owner etc etc but that is a very big huge uh, government initiative which was taken by the current modi government in the previous stint sure. uh, where they where uh, uh, the, the government said that they wanted to have by to th- by 2022 they wanted to have maximize housing uh, house ownership for the affordable housing segment right right okay and 2022 is the year that we complete 50 years of independence that's I, right I, that's how I it's been positioned i believe that was the target yes so i want to get into the importance of credit scores out here mm-hmm. okay as someone who you know gives home loans to people can we just understand how how credit scores really work because i always get you know really confused there are so many instances i've seen of people with high credit scores not being able to get a loan so in your process of giving a home loan to a person mm-hmm. can you just walk us through uh, how you would evaluate a case what are the important things and where credit score sits in that in the entire scheme of things i i just want our listeners to figure out that if you know if he's going to submit his application for a home loan how do you as someone who's granting the home loan see that applicant okay now credit score is is a very important uh, uh, topic when it comes to extending any kind of lending facility not only home loans and when we evaluate a customer's application this plays a very important role but it also uh, depends on which category of customer it is now if i were to give you a little flavor on how it works in an affluent prime uh, housing finance company any credit score which is up of 750 points is considered to be a very good score now does that impact decision taking of uh, the person who's underwriting the application i would say yes to some extent it does but that is not the base of giving a home loan hmm. now uh, if i were to uh, give you a little flavor on on what aadhar does today 50% of my customers don't have a credit score at all 50% of your customers 50%. don't even have a credit score yeah because they are wow. first time ah, users yeah, yeah, you know yeah, first yeah. time they're taking a loan so they yeah. don't have any credit history now so so we go ahead and give them so what i was what i'm trying to say is that while credit score is very important but not the only parameter to give a home loan facility right. there are other things which we consider for example what is his current income stream what is the kind of property that he's buying so these are the two broad parameters we consider when ah. we extend a loan okay so the income level which is his annual income right. and the kind of property that is the he's kind of property that is buying having said that now let's say a person who has a credit score which means he has some facilities which he's taken in the past and if he has not defaulted in those facilities hmm. it becomes an added advantage okay even if he is defaulted in couple of them because of some genuine reasons and if those, those reasons are established properly with documentation etc we still go ahead and extend him a loan oh okay that is that is that is very interesting so so just to understand other as you know as a company that uh, we can uh, that our listeners can 
understand what would be the average ticket size of loans that you give because you said uh, you've got 50% under the affordable housing scheme That's so right. what would be the average there? so today uh, we operate at an average ticket size of what 8 lakh rupees okay that would be the size of loan that you give to people that's the size of loan we give okay now here's a uh, you know this is something that <laughs> it's such a tricky thing that uh, every time i i just don't have an answer to that i'm hoping that you can help me out out here interest rates on home loans what is the deal out here every time i see headlines of the rbi cutting rates in the monetary policy they've cut rates by 25 basis points or 50 basis points or whatever the number is why doesn't the home loan company pass on that benefit for me sometimes i see that i my tenure or my emi nothing has changed sometimes i see that only new borrowers get the benefit so how does this entire interest rate mechanism work okay so it's actually anupam very very simple uh, let's say you've take, you're taking a home loan from any any housing finance company today and so the mechanism it, the way it works is today i borrow money from external sources whether it's banks or whosoever and it comes at a certain cost to me today when i uh, borrow at a cost i put up my spread on it and i give an extended loan to a end user let's say just to illustrate this let's say i borrow money at 10% i put a spread of 3% and i give it at 13% to the end user sure now tomorrow let's say uh, the way you've explained that rbi cuts rate mm. when the rbi cuts let's say two years hence rbi is cutting rates so what happens to a housing finance company the 10% money that i had borrowed two years back today i get at 8% correct i still keep my spread at 3% and i can lend at 11% instead of 13% correct hence the rate for the new customer becomes 11% however huh. the money that i had borrowed at 13% two years back still remains at 13% for me ah so i can't pass on that benefit to the old customer okay having said that whenever uh, uh, our cost of fund which is the borrowing cost for me changes that uh, in that benefit is definitely passed on to the customer just to give you an illustration in the last two uh, in the last one year we've as as adhar housing finance cut the rate for the customers twice oh by okay. about 25 to 50 bips for existing customers for existing customers and just give us an idea about how this affects i mean and uh, where so how does this work i mean do i have a choice of either reducing my tenure of loan or reducing my emi is there a choice out there or do you just say that you can only reduce the tenure of the uh, of of the loan how how does it work so it it's for example uh, today we deal with about 1 and 1/2 lakh customer base so when whenever we cut rates by default it is reduction of the tenure okay so if now, i sorry go on, huh, please so so by default it's re- reduction of the tenure now let's say a customer comes forward and say that you've reduced my tenure but i wanted to reduce my emi so even that is possible so we then go back and change the emi okay so that means that if i have a tenure or a 15 year loan then every 25 basis point cut in the home loan rate could reduce it by maybe i don't know 6 months maybe, 1 year or something uh, like close that. to about a year close to about a year close so 25 a year. bips cut means about a year less uh, close month. to about a year about 9 months to 12 months depending on what rate you're operating correct at. correct 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 okay so um i want to get into the process of the home loan right now um how long does the entire process take what are the documents required just roughly mm-hmm. and you know what are the costs involved out here because i believe that there is more than just the interest in the interest rate that i'm paying so what would be the approximate process and cost out here see end to end anupam if i were to look at it uh, uh, anywhere between 7 to 10 working days hmm. clean working days is what is required to process a home loan application so when i say process and home loan application means there are two parts to a home loan application one is a sanction process so based on your income documents a housing finance company would say you're uh, you're eligible for an x amount hmm. 
then part 2 part 2 is basically uh, which we in in our parlance called disbursement process is uh, we get hold of the property documents the property that the customer intends to buy we do a legal and technical of that property and process it so if i were to divide days about 4 days for sanction and about 5 days 5 to 6 days for the disbursement process because okay. there are external agencies involved in the disbursement process uh, so uh, that is one hmm. second part of your question was regards to the cost typically how any housing finance company would operate or any bank which provides housing finance is one is the cost one major cost is the rate of interest hmm. right which is declared up front the second part of it is the processing fees or these days people call it login fees also okay which is typically which ranges typically between 2500 plus service tax to about 3500 plus service tax and then there is a portion of admin fees in total both the fees put together ranges from anywhere between 1% to 2.5% uh, of the of the loan amount applied. of the total loan amount that's okay. right and that's an upfront fee that's an upfront fee after that there's i'm, I'm there are no other charges apart from that okay so uh, from the time that i approach you to the time that i get the home loan roughly it would be what two weeks three weeks about 10 working days yes 10 10 working days yes, has this you know you've been in the industry for such a long time how has this process been in the last you know whatever 10 20 years has has it become better and the reason why i'm asking this is because you know you see so many of uh, you see so many new fintech players and startups and all that which talk about digital which which talk about technical right has this changed for the better for me as a consumer okay if i were to go since as i told you i've spent about 24 years in the industry now if i were to just you know rewind and go back 20 years uh when I, i used to you know individually process applications and that's where i had that's how i started my career uh, i used to take about 20 25 working days to end to end from an application to disbursement right that has boiled down to about 7 to 10 working days today wow now where has where has the fintech and the digitization affected hmm. it they have affected primarily on the sanction side hmm. today i have on a push up button i have records of the customer i can verify his aadhar card i can verify his pan card i can you know verify his bank statements i can verify you know anything that he declares i can verify on a push up button sure. so it helps me in the sanction process which initially would have been about 15 days which boiled down to now about 3 to 4 working days right now when it comes to the second part which is disbursement part i still have to get hold of physical documents of the property ah. i still have to go and verify them at the sub register office i still have to send a physical person to the property that he's buying mm. because property records in india are not digitized correct you know some states have some states don't have so yeah. unless you have that universal digitization only then it's going to create the effect yeah. so yes it's improved over 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 the last two decades uh, it, it has improved the last 20 years it's it's improved hmm. from about 20 to 25 working days to about 7 to 10 today and that's happened because of the bfsi sector the financial services sector improving their record process but the real estate part of the entire thing is still slow it's still in process most of the states are still in process they've been and i as i as i hear they've been in process for about 4 5 years hmm. but yes there, there's good news news ahead you know most of the states yeah. have digitized some are in the process of doing it good uh, to hear yeah, that yeah. so before we go into break this is you know this is one question which i get a lot from listeners is where are the problem areas in the entire process from my perspective or even from your perspective as a lender to me as a borrower where you know i can understand eligibility if someone doesn't have that much of an income then maybe that is a simple yes or no decision for you that's right but is there any uh process either on the documentation side that a listener can actually understand from your perspective and improve on that so when he goes to you he has those right documents in place right so one is that you know that what what can improve the process of giving out the home loan and second would be from the real estate side is there anything that can actually you know you said digitization is one 
is there anything that i can do if i'm asking the seller of the property let's say that i am someone who wants you know to buy a a, a ready made house right. which is already being owned by someone and i buy it from him right is there something i can insist upon for me ki bhai mujhe ye sab documents de do mera home loan jaldi aa jayega because for the seller also he is not going to get paid until you disperse the funds to him perfect okay so if we can just get an overview of the small problem areas in this entire process that hold up the time okay very very interesting question anpam and 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 that's where most of the customers get stuck up uh, again i will come back to dividing this into two parts sanction process documentation all across the industry is the same right if you are a self employed person 3 years income tax returns 6 months bank statements kyc documents that's all any housing finance company would need if you are a salaried customers 2 years form 16 6 months bank statement kyc documents so those should be easy to get this everybody holds every your, customer today holds these documents your, your company will give you the form 16 that's right bank statements are a download from a website of your bank that's right and if you are you, you can't download go walk up to your you know public sector bank or whichever bank and take a passbook Uh, update print out and and give us a photocopy okay very simple documentation based on which you get a sanction now the problem area the problem starts when you are on the property side as you said as you rightly said every individual who uh, intends to buy a ready made house the example that you took he should ask all the chain documents of the property photocopy upfront from the seller Mm. now some cases the seller unless you give him an advance he would not share those documents but he can he can always cancel those documents right cancel and give it to you see what happens is as i told you earlier also we do external verification of property documents and visit on the property now unless we have those property documents up front we will not be able to do it for example if i have to go to the sub register office and verify the 13 years search uh, title documents i can do it only if i have physical copies and more importantly when i get property documents on my hand i go and do a valuation of the property hmm. let's say you buying the ready made house the example that you gave me for 20 lakhs sure my valuation valuer goes and he says no because of external market condition xyz the value is 15 lakhs oh that's possible it's, it's very much possible okay right now now the moment he says 15 lakhs my loan amount reduces by that amount that margin Oh right you you expected that i'll get 90% of 20 lakhs huh. now i am going to be giving you only 90% of 15 lakhs wow. you you've ended in giving advance to the customer based on getting 90% of 20 lakhs correct right so it's always advisable to get the property papers up front and give it to a housing finance company who will verify not only the legal aspect of it but also the value of the property huh and then you go and do your deal yeah but you know how this works right when i'm going to do the deal i'll take a broker the, the seller will get the broker and there is a number that it is fixed upon out there right okay. and i give a token to the person just so that that you know i can get the property so that's right is there a way out out here because yes uh, yeah there is a way out for example you now already applied for sanction you paid a processing fees to a housing finance company hmm. you can always give them the address of the property and tell them to do a valuation up front see legal documentation ah, so you're saying before i approach the seller also Ah, uh, seller, you know, seller will have to be informed because the next panel driver, right? Yeah, yeah. So you get a value. Okay. Now, as far as legal documentation is concerned, it's generally observed that you don't find any, you know, unless he's lost some documents in between, etc., etc., hmm. of which also you have legal ways out. Okay. Right. You okay. you take an affidavit and and put a newspaper ad, etc. So right. there are there are legal ways out of it, unless he's lost the latest title document. Well, that's, then the transaction that's, doesn't happen. You, that's that's not something that you can. You know. So advisable step is to upfront inform the housing finance company that this is my property I'm buying. Please get a valuation turn of the property. Okay. Okay. So then uh, see what happens today. Uh, let's say I fund ninety percent and you have to put in ten percent. The ten percent doesn't change. The the actual amount doesn't change for you. Right. 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 So that's like saying. Like, I mean, we can take the example that you said. So I actually so I have uh, struck a deal with the seller for twenty lakhs. That's right. Right. So 
mentally i'm working at 18 lakhs loan and 2 lakhs upfront that's right that's 90% right and suddenly then you tell me that listen no we can only approve a value of 15 lakhs right so then boom my that your own equity increases by 5 lakhs 13.5 exactly so 13.5 lakhs is the loan and i have to now fund 5 lakhs 5 lakhs extra how common is this problem so this happens especially in uh, i would say suburbs it happens uh, you know deals happen at x value and the valuation because when we do valuation we take uh, you know uh, into account for example a very generic thing that what is going to be the property value 10 years hence mm-hmm. you know is mm-hmm. it going to depreciate appreciate and there are cases uh, there are sometimes you know my valuer will give a higher value also possible right yeah. Qu- quite possible yeah. uh, so so it happens in in i would say for out of 100 applications about 50 60 applications this problem arises right so just to get it right um the documentation that's required on the income side from the borrower is fine that should be easy enough to it's get it's very easy but the real estate document from the seller is somewhere where the problems usually arise so that's then right. there's a tip for the listener that if you're going to buy a house then sit down with your seller probably sit down with your broker if you're using a broker and then uh, i assume that the housing finance company will give a list of documents from the seller that's required title that's right. deed that's right share certificate ownership noc and all the kind of depending stuff. on the kind of property every housing finance company has a list of documents okay you would for example if you're buying a under construction developer property let's say a hiranandani property right so there will be a list of documents with the housing finance company this is what you need to get yeah, yeah, yeah. i mean right? so the, uh, i'm assuming that when you buy a property straight from a developer the process is far easier it's far far easier the developer Is probably tied up with the with most of the housing finance yeah. companies. The big developers were tied up. Yeah. So you see, what happens in under construction properties? You have to go and vet the entire land hmm. legally. So wow. we do that upfront so that the end user doesn't face those problems. So that's that much time which is reduced. It's reduced. Okay, but the tricky part happens if you're you know probably entering into a deal of an older house where, like you said, the change of documents might or might not be available. Right. And the tricky part because you know when you buy a developer property, uh-huh. the the price of the property is fixed for everybody. Uh-huh. Right. Let's say there are hundred units. All hundred units, same price. Oh yeah, yeah. So there's no valuation issue there. There's no serious valuation issue. There might be, you know, fifty thousand here and there, but there is no serious. And, and that fifty thousand also because you know there will be things like club charges, etc. Hmm. So because of that, the valuation might differ. Hmm. So, but in in individual houses, which are old properties, valuation is, let's say, access to market. Access to closest transport. Correct. These things, you know, affect the valuation of the property. Folks, for the for actually for the more product decisions, actually stay, stay tuned because we're going to be right back on the other side of this break, folks. This is the home loan special on Pesa Pesa. And welcome back to this episode of Pesa Pesa. I'm talking with Mr. Rishi Anand, Chief Business Officer at Aadhar Housing Finance, and this is the home loan special. I I just remember this case study because I actually heard this from a friend. Um, what happens if, let's say that there are three applicants to a loan, maybe or two applicants to a loan? Uh, how easy or difficult does the process become for you as a lender? Okay, does things change? I mean, does then do you take the profile of all three? Because what happens is maybe. on my own salary i might not be eligible for you know a loan i might have to take my mother father wife or whoever it is their documents also to you know to strengthen the process right in your experience you know oh, how does that process work is that prone to more problems like i don't know you find that a credit history of someone who's a co a co applicant has a problem then does that hold up the process okay let me uh, let me get back to your first part of the question any housing finance company or any housing finance application there is a mandatory requirement of having a co applicant oh right okay so it can yeah. be it can be your spouse parents brother sister if you're not married brother sister etc etc uh, uh. if you're married 
we generally prefer to have things spouses what's the reason for that it's primarily from a contactability perspective ah, you know okay. uh, that uh, to or let's say you're traveling abroad and we need to contact you mm. emi bounce etc mm. etc et so the co applicant is contact and that's mandatory now it's mandatory if you don't have a co applicant then housing finance company prefer having one guarantor for contactability uh, perspective okay but the guarantor again has to give a guarantee if anything goes wrong then it's his neck on the line uh, it is not a financial guarantee but okay. he is a guarantor okay okay legally speaking yes if you were to you know pull default it through the court etc yeah. default cases yes he has he's a guarantor okay so okay, so getting so, back to so the, uh, coming back to your co applicant question uh, so one is mandatory now let us say uh, based on your income you, the kind of loan that you need is not does not suffice uh, yes most of the housing finance company in fact all the housing finance companies add on the co applicant's income okay now here also let's say you say you take my brother's income so we will not you know brother is a separate individual <laughs> he might tomorrow intend to buy a separate property yeah. so spouse income can be added back parents income can be added back hmm. uh, that is part one of your question part two is is there an issue with the credit score of that individual who is a co applicant does that become a problem yes that becomes a problem because you're taking his income into consideration interesting so if there are two applicants and co applicants whose income is being considered or for everybody credit history has to be good ah so even one person whose credit history is a little bit ऊपर नीचे आगे पीछे तो प्रॉब्लम हो जाएगा प्रॉब्लम हो जाएगा उसको लोन पे रखना नहीं चाहिए वाओ सो देन आई हैव टू इट्स अ गुड आइडिया फॉर मी टू सॉर्ट आउट माय क्रेडिट्स को बिफोर कमिंग टू यू आई वुड से यस बट इफ यू हैव रीजंस जेनुइन रीजंस वी वुड डेफिनेटली कंसीडर इट आई वुड वांट टू ऐड हियर लेट अस से दैट you and your spouse want to come for a loan and just an illustration यू हैव अ गुड क्रेडिट हिस्ट्री योर स्पाउस हैज डिफॉल्टेड and uh, just because she is defaulted and you give us a guarantor and want to want us to process an application we will not do that ha ah, interesting you know because it is uh, it is the family history of okay. a default okay so spouse defaulted we will definitely ask for her kyc and do a civil the way we call it civil check ha ah. you know if she is defaulted then if you have an explanation fine ha ah, that, uh, that that's exactly what i was coming the explanation right because a lot of us have credit cards right 10 years ago i might have defaulted on some tiny thing right close the credit card right you know so is do, do, do you guys have a list of okay this is a real bad crime this is not such a bad crime or whatever it is yes uh, to 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 your point yes we do have and uh, generally the example that you gave me a 10 years old credit card it was used to be there is used to be something called the annual fees issues yeah, yeah, something right? like that to us mein annual fees nahi diya not that has built up to quite a few lakhs that, that, right? that's yeah, how yeah, it happens yeah, yeah. yeah we do we do consider that as and every deviate and move ahead yeah that's what because you know if i'm fighting with the credit company on the annual fees i'll say just close my account that's right and, and they would have not closed for 6 months for example exactly so since 6 months the amount would have built because it is compounding interest yeah. right so we we do consider and they are not interested in recovering it i am never going to pay and they will never even have called you yeah but they've since they've reported to sibil it will always stand on your record yeah But okay. but I I think I, as I would see it, ninety percent of the housing finance company consider such cases and move ahead. Okay, but the most serious issues would be probably defaulting on a. Let's say you have a car loan and you defaulted, ah. not paid, car picked up. Huh. You have an existing housing loan, not paid, picked up, uh-huh. gold loan, not paid. So all this reflects on your you know uh, strings, the, the way we call it string. Okay, and how does that hit me on the loan part? Okay, does uh, a does my loan get rejected outright? B does my interest rate go up okay c am i is my eligibility lower what is the impact of these things? okay let's say let's say uh, some serious defaults housing loan uh, vehicle loan it's an outright reject okay right and let's say you've defaulted on a one emi and you've paid 13 and one default one bounce and you've paid again hmm. it's not a serious offense you've okay. paid huh. right it's not serious offense 
let's say out of 12 you you bounced three EMIs and paid three EMIs hmm. we might want to you know because of our risk increases we might want to price it by 25 bips higher right right okay. but you've seriously defaulted and become an NPA in a housing loan it's out right? that's Reject. out that's out so it, there's a lot of discretion involved yes there's a lot of discretion you probably need to also approach you know the housing company or the housing finance company sit with them talk it out maybe that also helps and that's what I said you know if yeah. you have a genuine reason of the default let's say I have not paid my three months EMI for a housing loan because there I, I met with an accident I was in the hospital for three months it's a very genuine reason sure. I would yeah. take the hospital records and I would go ahead and give him a loan correct yeah for aaj kal to salary milti nahi time pe sir Haan, <laughs> salary nahi mil rahi hai and if you have records yeah, yeah, yeah. right so for example um, my EMI the loan that you've taken EMI hits on 7th you mm. get salary on 10th mm. so every month you bounce and then you pay ah. right? so genuine issues yeah, yeah. but these these are specific queries that you guys will have to probably sit with the housing finance company to figure out sir let's get into first how does a floating rate home loan work versus a fixed rate home loan okay and what would be your advice because I believe that where we are right now, um, I think the RBI has already cut interest rates twice in the last whatever, maybe one year odd. And they're saying that maybe there are a few more cuts. I know that the RBI has changed their stance from uh, neutral to accommodative. Right. So first, I want to just get a general idea. How do fixed, uh, a fixed home loan versus a, f- a floating Floating. home loan? And second is what would be your advice to listeners? Great. Okay. Uh, no, no. As as the word itself says, fixed and floating. Fixed means that you take a loan today, you opt for a fixed rate of interest, and for the tenure of the loan, let's say you opted for a ten-year loan, the rate of interest remains fixed, irrespective of what is happening in the market. Okay. Let's say rate goes up, rate goes down. For you, the rate that you've locked in gets locked in. And over a ten-year period, you don't know as a borrower. Where rates will go? Yeah, you never know. So it's it's a it's a it's a it's a it's a prediction of of that individual. You know that you might think that the rate is going to go up in the future. Should I lock myself today? Hmm. So that's how fixed rates operate. Floating rate on the other side uh, is is something a rate which is linked to the prime lending rate of the company. Right. So prime lending rate generally is arrived by uh, the cost of fund plus the spread that the company wants to keep. You arrive onto a lending rate, uh, and if that cost of fund is changing the spread being constant let's say my cost of fund increases so your uh, rate of effective rate of interest also increases because it's a floating rate if my cost of fund tomorrow dips as you you've given example that rbi is cut rate etc etc if my cost of fund dips the effective rate for the customer dips so in in a falling rate scenario in a floating rate the customer benefits in a rising rate scenario the customer does not benefit so okay. that's the basic difference between a floating and very layman you know uh, are there any charges out here that if i want to shift from a fixed loan to a floating rate are there any charges like i might change my mind 5 years down the line yes if you at any given point in time change your mind move from one structure to the other structure there are charges okay. which ranges between anywhere between 0.5 to 1% of the loan outstanding that point in time at that point in time okay that's please right. go on yeah so so that, that's how it operate now now to the second part of your question that in the current scenario what is happening uh, while rbi has announced some cuts in the rate Effectively, the way it works, Anupam, is uh, is my cost of fund, as in the cost at which I borrow from banks, I borrow from open market, uh, from from capital markets. Does that change or not with the RBI announcement? Uh, see, what is happening today is uh, while RBI announces uh, a rate cut, which might not be a direct rate cut on home loan or on lending loan, uh, it is generally uh, assumed that the final rate should be should get cut. And I explained in one of the questions yes, earlier yes, yes, that yes. you know, uh, effectively, if my cost of fund yes. is reducing or not, it depends on that. Correct. So, if my cost of fund after the RBI rate cut reduces, which means my banks from whom I had borrowed that one time have reduced my rate, the uh, the effect is passed on to the customer. Okay. So that's how it operates. Right. In a fixed rate, nothing is passed on. In a floating rate, the effect is passed on. 
both ways. Right. So if it increases, you have to bear that increase. If it reduces, you get that benefit. What is the difference, Mota Mota, right now between the two rates? Uh, so uh, it uh, generally 100 bips, so 1%, 1 bip, 100 bips is 1%, yeah. is the difference between fixed and floating. So fixed, if you, let's say my rate today is 12% on a floating. Hmm. Uh, uh, if you want to opt for a fixed rate, it will generally be 13%. Okay. So about a hundred bips variance. So fixed is higher than fixed floating. is higher than fixed floating. is higher by about hundred basis points. Because see the risk is on both sides. Right? Right. While while the individual customer also takes that risk, he doesn't know how it's going to pan out in right. the next ten years. Even the company takes that risk. Should I extend a loan to you at thirteen percent, and tomorrow if the rate of interest goes seventeen percent, mm. what happens? Mm. So both both the parties are taking equal risk. Hence, it's, it's that's how it's priced. Okay, it's interesting yeah, because it almost sounds to me like a manufacturing product. And if my cost of manufacturing goes down, I'll pass it to you. Yeah. If it does, if if it goes up, I'll pass it. To so you. actually. It's a manufacturing setup only. <laughs> yeah, because you know, I'm not going to change my margin. Ha, margins remain. Margin remain fixed. You would not yeah? want to, you know, as as someone who's selling a product, you do you want to protect your margins. That's so, right. You know, uh, that's that's how it works. Okay. Um, how do switching of home loans work? I have done, in fact, uh, a series with 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 Aditya Mishra of Switch Me In, but I just want to revisit the process of switching home loans. How mm-hmm. does that work? And you know, should you do it? Should you not do it? How does it work? Because I, th- I think here again, people are a little bit confused as to whether A, this is even possible and B, what are the costs? Okay, first we have to understand why do people switch loans? Uh, by switching loan, I mean, I, I think you mean, you mean that from one company, you move your loan to the other company, yes. right? Uh, why do people switch? Now, let's say uh, uh, he has a customer has an existing housing finance com- uh, housing finance loan. And tomorrow he needs some more money. He would typically approach his current uh, financer and say that you give me a, in our parlance called top-up loan, give me an additional amount. Now let's say that housing finance company does not have a policy of giving a top-up loan. That is the time person opts for switching. Hmm. So because when he switches the loan to a different housing finance company, there are options of giving a top-up loan to the customer. Because over a period of time, the property value would have increased. Hmm. So you have margin you know, the, the housing finance company has a margin now. So we extend top-up loans. Mm-hmm. This is one of the most important reasons why people switch loans. Okay. Second important thing is uh, rate of interest. Let us say that the rate of interest and that there is the point comes about giving, you know, fresh customers having lower rates. Yes, yes. Now let's say that you've taken a loan five years back. Mm-hmm. Your rate over a period of time has increased to a 10, from a 10% to a 13%. Correct. However, there is an ex-housing finance company giving you a fresh loan at 8%. Correct. You would want to switch a 13% loan to an 8% loan. Today. Oh, wouldn't it? It's a big, big It's yeah. a very easy process. Approach the new housing finance company. The process is the same. He gives you a fresh sanction. Um, he takes the photocopies of the property papers and disburses the loan in favor of the housing finance company where you already have a loan. Okay. But there so would, it's a very simple process. Yeah, there would be some processing charge out there from... The processing charges and everything remains the same. Okay. And there's no valuation process again out here, right? No, there will be a valuation. Again? Process. Everything will be the same. Oh, so process remains take, same. I'm taking a fresh home loan. You're taking a fresh home loan. Wow. Instead of giving a check to the seller in a fresh case, here the check goes to the housing finance company from where you had a loan. So theoretically, if his valuation says something else, then again, I have to go through that entire process of... Which 99% cases will not happen ah. because over a period of time, the valuations always increase. Go up, yeah. Right? So, right. Okay, so um, last few questions. Okay, first of all, a lot of us, or at least this new generation, I would say, has been told that don't ever buy a house, rent a house. Okay, which is, I'm not going to go into the the whether that's good or bad or whatever it is. Uh, I personally, you know, I've been a believer that if you really want your own house and if you think that you want it, then, then you're the best person to decide. That's that. right. There's, there's no point listening to someone who's saying that renting deals are only 2%, home loan rates are 10%. So why will you ever buy, you know? So I don't want to go into that debate. 
I just want to go into the very simple debate or rather the your opinion or view that today if someone is been waiting really for a long period of time to buy his own house to stay in mind you okay this is a a property that he wants to stay in investment in the home property is a totally the end user I don't user. want to go into that hmm. yeah what's called end user end what's user. called consumption what is your view of where the market is today or maybe in the last 2 3 years how it has moved because we're in 2019 okay I can't remember for a long period of time where property rates have actually gone up. Mm-hmm. Okay, but then again, as someone who's an end end user, why should that matter to me? Right. Okay. So I just want to get your perspective here. Okay, I will still uh, while while I didn't want to discuss, but I will <laughs> still want to touch that Indian, you know, uh, piece. See, it is it is it's a cultural difference. The way we've been brought up over years, uh, over generations, not years, is that you know you need to create an asset for your future. Mm-hmm. You need to create an asset for your. the next generations future that's yeah. how we've been you know bought up yeah. unlike the west right yeah. and that that is what triggers the requirement of a house today yeah. and i i i I'd still believe that you know um, uh, given our rural population and non urban population i 90% of the people still believe in owning an asset correct now the second part of your question is is uh, uh, is it the right time to you know buy a property for an end, end use i would say the last and, and rightly so the last couple of years have not seen a upsurge in the property prices simple reason supply is higher than the demand today and if i were an end, end user and if i want to buy a property which i did last year in bombay um, it's an opportunity because the prices of the same property are rock bottom today hmm. right and and is the demand going to go up in the future i think with all the incentivization that the government of india is doing uh, whether it is pmy clss and and the tax shops the prices should look northwards now so it's the right time stay invested get your property in place hmm. and i've also heard that if you actually sit across the table with the builder you you get beautiful discounts is that what you're hearing on the market is yeah, that yeah, the feedback you're getting right so much. real estate developers if you sit down with them what they advertise in the papers and if you're someone who's a genuine interested buyer you think there's a scope for actually hitting for a good discount there? yes you do get good discounts and that's what you've seen in the market also that's in the right. last few days and that's but that's again for under construction properties uh, under construction properties okay okay great sir last for you know if if you can just leave our listeners with a with a general idea of what exactly is aadhar housing finance its background the products it offers and if our listeners want to get to you or to your company how do they reach out great so aadhar housing finance as i said in my opening statement is one of the largest housing finance companies in the affordable segment so we serve the underserved today right as as i told you our average ticket size is about 8 lakhs we cater to anybody in the in in the marketplace from a from a vegetable vendor to a kirana shop guy to an auto driver sure. so so we touch uh, the segment which is untouched uh, which is underserved and and they are actually end users i we we spoke we spoke about end users yes, yes, they are the actual end users they typically would not have a property they would be staying in a rented accommodation mm. and we help them build their own homes Other housing finance has been in the market for about about seven eight year, eight years now, hmm. serving about one and a half lakh customers today, okay. and growing at about close to about twenty twenty five percent per annum. We spread across about three hundred eleven branches today in about twenty states in the country. So length and breadth of the country, we are there today. You're based in Bombay. You're based in. So we are headquartered in Bombay. Okay. And 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 in twenty states today. So every every state you would see a branch of other housing finance. Okay. Uh, and if if anybody who wants to get in touch with us, there are there are various ways of getting in touch with us. Sure. So as I told you, we have about three hundred eleven branches. Uh, our website uh, uh, would have a list of those branches in the branch locator. Then the the simpler way of getting in touch with us is is the toll free number, which is. 
No material on the show should be considered as financial advice. The material on the show is for informational purposes only. Please consult a financial advisor before taking any investment decision.